America, live from the swamp. It's the JK Podcast with John Street and Kate Scanlon. Kate, how are you doing today? Great, how are you? I'm doing well. So we've got a, a list of stories to talk about today and um, a lot of interesting um, stories to go over. So let's get started and welcome to all of our listeners. We're going to do this hopefully on a uh, somewhat regular basis, uh, weekly, bi-weekly, we don't know yet. <laughs> We'll do it however we'll however it much we feel like. <laughs> but we're glad that you joined us today, and we hope that you will uh, enjoy today's show. Anyway, so let's get started. Kate, what do we have in the lineup? So the first story we wanted to talk about this week was the Rand Paul story, where um, the senator from Kentucky was assaulted at his home with pretty serious injuries. Yeah, and you, you, were, you were telling me you've seen Rand Paul in person. I have not. Yeah, uh, I've I've met him several times mm-hmm. um, as both as a senator and as a candidate for president, and you know he's he's a rather short man, and so I was it's and it's just amazing to me how much he's been through this year because he was also at the GOP baseball right practice yeah. that where Steve Scalise was shot yeah now um, a, a difficult year to say the least so it, as, as it, the reports are still very unclear about this as far as some of the details of what actually happened but it sounds like he was outside maybe mowing his lawn and a neighbor assaulted him seemingly out of the blue and there's kind of conflicting information going on about what maybe what the neighbor's motive was um, his lawyer saying it's over a trivial matter um, neighborly kind of issues but um the pauls are saying that they haven't actually spoken to this individual in many years and so it's some people are saying it's maybe hard to see a motive other than the senator's politics for the attack yeah i I saw where Rand paul was actually on his riding lawnmower Mm -hmm. when it happened and the guy came up behind him and uh Rand paul had his headphones in as he was as he was mowing his lawn um and so that's that's when it happened, um, as far as a motive, I've I've heard where politics may have been a motive. I've also heard where it's a more, um, really just a more silly, um, like neighborhood neighbor dispute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't really know at this point, you know, what led this individual to uh, allegedly assault a, a sitting senator. But you know, you have. Um, I believe federal charges against this guy at the at the moment, mm-hmm. and he's he's pleaded not guilty to these charges too, which well, is good luck with that one, bud. Yeah. Um. So the senator actually has six broken ribs as a result of the attack, and I'm there's some sort of issue with how his many lungs ribs do you have well. in the first place? That's actually an excellent question. I don't know the answer to. I'm going to Google that. Um, Rand Paul's a doctor, so I mean, like. Well, he's an eye. He's an eye surgeon. Oh, well, he's an eye. That's, that's, an eye that's surgeon. good. Um, Not all doctors just know about every part of the body. Twelve pairs. Twelve pairs. Twelve pairs of ribs. Yeah. You have twenty-four ribs. If you have twenty, uh-huh. if you have twelve pairs and four ribs. Right. I'm so. This is the, this is the kind of high quality information. Aren't you guys? You guys so are be great. Is twenty-four. So anyway, you're welcome. Um, the senator did an interview. I believe it was with the Washington Examiner, where he basically said that. Um, you know, this attack was unprovoked, and he's having trouble breathing and speaking. Have made note of how difficult it was for him to do the interview. And he's he's back on the Hill this week. He was out. Oh, um, 
he got to return to the Senate just in time for the Roy Moore controversy. Welcome back. Yeah. Well, segue, by Thank the way. Thank you. I tried. I tried. Yeah. So uh, that's our next story is the Roy Moore controversy. And honestly, Kate and I talked about where even to start with this because there's so much. But one of the things that really stuck out to me, and I wrote about this for for Red State, um, and you can you can find this. I, I wrote about it on November 9th. Um, where an Alabama County GOP official uh, said that, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, well, even if Roy Moore did these things that are alleged by these women, then I'd still vote for him. In which case, I'm led to I'm led to ask, where are we at this point in this country where we're saying that we would? knowingly vote for a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tribalism at its worst. Um, and, and just to be very clear about what the allegations against Roy Moore are, in case anyone um, didn't see the details of this particular story, um, so there were four women who told the Washington Post that Roy Moore asked them out on dates when they were teenagers and he was in his early 30s. One of those women said she was just 14, and her allegations included some really disturbing stuff, taking this girl to his house, undressed, inappropriate touching going on, um, and she says that she became upset and asked him to take her home, and he did. Um, and then there was a fifth woman that came out this week who accused uh, Roy Moore of trying to rape her when she was 16. So um, they're really, really serious allegations here. And, um, and, and to be very clear, in case anyone's listening, um, John and I both work in the media. We understand that media bias is a thing that exists. This story was very well done. It was very well sourced. It, it's, it would be difficult to make a case that this was fabricated or planted because there were 30 sources, four of whom the actual accusers were on the record, their names. This is not like anonymous Washington whisper campaign kind of stuff. These are Alabama women who went on the record and had their names printed in the Washington Post. So it's pretty serious at, at, a, at a minimum. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, it's... I, and another, another thing is the, these women did not seek out the Washington Post to tell as, their stories. This would be the case if this was a plant. Right, if, right. They, if it were somehow politically motivated. Right. Um, the, Washington, or the Washington Post actually sought out these women's stories after being in Alabama on the ground just to report on um, the campaigns. They heard these rumors going around and they tried to get to the bottom of it and they mm -hmm. were led to the story in the first place. I will say though, and story that I wrote about on Red States is where one of these women um, mentioned by the Washington Post actually did um, she worked as a sign language interpreter for the for a few a handful of Democrats' um, campaigns, including Hillary Clinton. However, um, on its on its face, you might say, "Well, that's how we know this was politically motivated." Well, actually, when you are a sign language interpreter, the industry is not huge, and so when when you find a sign language interpreter. The sign language interpreter doesn't turn down a job just because they 
happen to disagree with your message. Their mission is to serve the deaf community, and so whenever they can do that, they do it. Argue- uh, inherently political service. No, what it's saying, not. If she was cutting ads or knocking on right. doors, it's not. It's not something necessarily that an activist would do. It's something that like right. you hire a service to come in and and do sign language, kind of. Right. Thing. Exa- right. Exactly. Um, but with with all of these allegations, you have Republican leadership, Mitch McConnell, just today, um, you had Paul Ryan um, come out and say, Cory Moore should step aside, and you have a handful of Republic- Republicans, growing number of them on, on Capitol Hill, saying the same thing. We're waiting for President Trump to get back from Asia and, and to weigh, up, weigh in on this um, publicly. Um, the White House should say the White House has said, I, I believe that if um, if these are true, then they believe he would do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there are reports breaking today that Roy Moore has told his campaign staff that he intends to see this through. Um, I know there are some Republicans in Washington who are evaluating what kind of options they have as far as as far as what to what the next step should be in this race. Um, Just for some context, this is a seat that shouldn't be in play for Democrats in terms of like long-term polling. Jeff Sessions' old seat. It's Jeff Sessions' old seat. um, uh, Had them neck and neck, it was to call. And that was in the immediate aftermath. I haven't seen a new poll in the last couple of days. I'm looking forward to seeing another one soon. Um, But it's remarkable how a seat that should be safe "Quote unquote," should be a Republican seat. Yeah. Um, it's it's just really it's really fascinating, and um, you know we've had a lot of elected Republicans. John mentioned Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. You've also seen Mitt Romney and John McCain. You've seen editorial boards at Weekly Standard and National Review call for. You see a, some local Alabama Republican officials are still still pretty in the. Top. They are. Uh, they. I mean, look, these these a lot of these people know Roy Moore personally, and they believe him. And look, I mean, if I'm trying to imagine myself in the position of knowing someone for years and years and years, knowing them well, and then all of a sudden ha- knowing finding out these allegations against them, mm-hmm. I would like to believe the best. That said, with all of the allegations, the women's names, um, you know, them book scrutiny, I could still believe the best. What was disturbing to me is I, I completely get and sympathize with where you're coming from and where these people would be coming from, but some of them have seemed to be saying they would still vote for him even if it were true because they were just not going to vote for a Democrat under any circumstances. And That's just... Which raises a whole nother point that you know maybe we shouldn't be stuck in this binary choice mindset you know write-ins abstaining is an option that exists yeah you know you have more than a choice between an alleged pedophile and someone you disagree with yeah and then you know this is also an interesting situation because Roy Moore presented a few issues prior to these allegations for conservatives which we won't necessarily Spend a whole lot of time delving into, but they include. We stuff could like, spend a lot we of could, time. We could. spend the majority of this of podcast time. We could spend a lot into. of time. We could spend a lot of time, so we'll we'll kind of avoid that. Um, 
but it's it's just a really unfortunate situation all around particularly for these women who now are having their names dragged through the mud because they chose to come forward about what allegedly happened so right um i, I will add the the fact that the washington post um sought out these or sought out these women after hearing rumors of these types of allegations um for for many that is just further evidence that the washington post has some you know biased agenda that they're trying to take down roy moore um and i don't know what do you think of that i i have done very critical coverage of certain things that have happened with the washington post in the past i understand some of the issues that that presents for conservatives particularly and in, in terms of some of the washington post abortion coverage um in particular I've, I've seen some things that have been questionable um however this particular story when you read through it as as a journalist i can see the steps that were taken um to do their best to verify some of these allegations and um they even went so far as to ask the 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 most relevant accuser is the one who says in, in terms of the Washington Post story, is the one who says she was 14 because the other women didn't allege, they alleged behavior that was creepy but not necessarily criminal. Right. Whereas the one that was, said she was 14, that if that happened as she described, that would be a crime. Mm -hmm. um, so that one in particular, they went so far as to ask her about her politics and to look into her politics. And she's a registered Republican who voted for Donald Trump last year. Right. So the idea that this is some sort of out of left field liberal attack i just i don't find that credible right and i think i also read where the the statute of limitations mm -hmm. in in that case were the one that could potentially be criminal the statute of limitations is up um un unfortunately um but going back to the you know the media bias angle um I think a, whatever the Republican establishment chooses to do, at this point, they can't take Roy Moore's name off the ballot. He will be on the ballot either way, whether he drops out or stays in. Republicans in D.C. can mount a write-in campaign, or they can just kind of stay away from Roy Moore and just, just let it play out. Um, if they mount a write-in campaign, I, I think that you're going to see all the more enthusiasm from the base, just because you're gonna, they're going to see that as, well, look, they were, they were really never behind us. Um, they were never really on our side. They, you know. One thing from a strategy aspect that I think might win some skeptics over who see this as like oh mitch mcconnell just doesn't want roy moore in the senate which i don't think is what's happening here but i think that's going to be the talking point from roy moore and, and his supporters sure um one thing that i think an, an interesting aspect in all of this is donald trump endorsed luther strange mm -hmm. who is the current alabama senator who was sent to fill the seat um who roy moore beat that jeff sessions vacated 
Roy Moore defeated him in a primary, but Donald Trump endorsed Luther Strange. And so really, for once, the White House is in an interesting position here where they could essentially just come out and say the president endorsed Luther Strange and would mm -hmm. support a write-in campaign on his behalf. And then if you send the president to Alabama to hold one of you know his famous rallies, that might do a lot in terms of mending fences yeah. um, with some of Roy Moore's supporters. So it... It'll be interesting to see how they choose how they choose to play this, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not Roy Moore ends up in the United States Senate because that's and still a big question up, mark at this point. Right, and if he does end up in the United States Senate, will senators get together to try to vote and expel him? Mm -hmm. Because that is also that could also be seen potentially by the base as yet another you know strong-handed move by Washington to you know mm -hmm. vote out a sitting member of the senate who voters by the way voted in and breaking uh just now on this front uh the republican national committee has uh suspended its fundraising efforts for roy moore so that's a big sign that uh republicans are starting to evaluate other options as far as he is concerned Oh boy. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I really don't know. So now it's the RNC here. and the National Republican Senatorial yeah, Committee the Senate that campaign have, arm. Both, that have both withdrawn their their funding. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. That's a significant amount of money. So as we were discussing before, Roy Moore was telling his campaign um, that he intends to see this through the end. Don't know how feasible that's going to be if he can't keep the lights on. You know, and I, and I don't know how well you're going to be able to do that without the support of the RNC and the, the war chest that they have. So, Oh, boy. We'll follow this <laughs> we one. Will, we will keep you updated on this. <laughs> okay, moving on. Kate, tell us about this new development with uh, the Center for Medical Progress. Yeah, so those of you who, who um, follow my work know that I've been covering... Um, the story since it broke two years ago, really, in 2015. Um, the Center for Medical Progress, of course, put out a, a series of videos alleging that Planned Parenthood executives were selling aborted fetal body parts to researchers for profit. Now, that's, of course, illegal in the United States. They are permitted by law to donate um, fetal body parts to researchers, and they're allowed to... Um, they are allowed to be compensated for donations. They're not allowed to profit from those donations. And so these videos were essentially are you getting alleging, distracted? Yeah, I'm getting distracted because John's trying to take a picture of us recording our first podcast. Okay, there. Um, we got one. We got one. We'll so, tweet it. <laughs> so, what were you saying? Um, anyway, what I was saying was there have been a series of investigations, um, the two main ones being the House Select Panel on Infant Lives in the House and the Senate Judiciary Committee did its oh, own investigation. You waved your hand too fast and it's blurry. <laughs> okay, all right. go on. Now he's got a usable picture, I hope. Um, so anyway, it's all right. these, these pictures, these, oh my gosh, you distracted me so much. These videos prompted these investigations and both investigations culminated in criminal referrals um, for Planned Parenthood for a company, a biomedical company called STEM Express, that was their business partner, and a handful of other abortion facilities. Um, now, basically, essentially, the allegations are that STEM Express was, had procurement technicians inside Planned Parenthood clinics, and they were being 
they, their jobs were essentially to collect um, body parts and STEM Express would pay Planned Parenthood based on the number of usable body parts they received from the aftermath of an abortion procedure. Um, and so essentially what's happened now is um, the FBI has now asked the Senate Judiciary Committee for all the unredacted documents they received from, Pan pa from Planned Parenthood about this investigation. And that's a fascinating development because dun, dun, dun. that referral, the Senate Judiciary Committee's referral happened almost a year ago. It was last December, and this just happened this week. Um, so it's fascinating to me that it seems like there might be a ball starting to roll here on this. People, I know people have been frustrated um, who are pro-life activists by how nothing ever seems, these horrific things you see on these videos that dominated the national conversation for weeks that impacted the presidential campaign. You had Carly Fiorina in particular who brought it up on a debate stage. Um, and, and it just seemed kind of to just nothing really happened. But now it seems that there is, there is um, an FBI investigation happening. Now the FBI has not confirmed this, but the fact that they asked for these documents from the committee seems to be a pretty clear signal in and of itself. Um, that they're beginning an investigation here. And then this investigation comes as the Center for Medical Progress is doing a new series of videos featuring a STEM Express whistleblower kind of talking about some of some of this stuff. And they, they say also, another interesting element in all of this is there are more videos that the public hasn't seen of undercover footage because they've been barred um, from releasing it by a court after the National Abortion Federation um, sued to block them from doing so. So it's definitely a fascinating story, and I'll definitely be keeping all of you updated on it. I just want to read this quote because it just goes to the heart of how messed up this is. And and, and this is a a quote from, and Kate, this is from your story, from Holly O'Donnell, who is a former STEM Express procurement technician. Um, and she was talking about how planned um sim express staff who are working inside planned parenthood clinics um get bonuses for harvesting fetal um parts that are in quote really high demand here's the quote just listen to this quote you get more money for tissues like if you got a brain or liver versus like a blood sample it's incentive for you to do your job better if you really do your job and you get up to 11 to 20 specimens, you're getting $20 per specimen. If it's 1 to 10, you're, you're doing just blood. You're getting $10 for one blood draw. That's what you get. That is just... It's amazing. Wow. It really is. Um, yeah, this, this is the latest in a series of, of videos that they've done with, with Holly O'Donnell. Um, in... In other videos, she's said that um, Planned Parenthood may have violated the HIPAA law, um, the pa which protects patient privacy by allowing them to actually see patient medical charts so they can kind of gauge how many women are in the clinic that day and how far along they are in their pregnancy to determine whether or not they're going to be able to get those specimens, as they call them. Um, so it's just really horrific stuff that's being alleged here, and, and it'll be fascinating to see if if an FBI investigation sheds new light on it. 
Yeah, the, the founder of the Center for Medical Progress, um, the group that, that released these videos, said in a statement, quote, the evidence is now overwhelming that STEM Express and Planned Parenthood engaged in a profit-driven business together to harvest and sell aborted fetuses against the law. The FBI's inquiry into the human atrocity of Planned Parenthood's criminal abortion business is long overdue and law enforcement must move quickly to bring this barbaric enterprise to justice under the law. That's according to the founder of the Center for Medical Progress. Um, and it should be noted that both companies have denied illegal conduct. Planned Parenthood has said they were merely reimbursed for the cost of donation um, to researchers, which, if that were the case, would be legal. Um, now, what's, what's interesting to me about this is the original Center for Medical Progress videos, where you had um, the executives seeming to negotiate a price with, with people they believed to be with undercover investigators who portrayed people from a biomedical company. Um, the very fact that there was negoci negotiation happening implies profit, which is, I think, what's interesting here. Because, for example, when, when we were to travel on behalf of a company for work, you present your receipts to that company right. um, that are your expenses, and you're reimbursed to the penny mm -hmm. for those receipts. There's not just like, oh, give me 50 bucks and we'll call it even. There's nothing like that going on. So, so to be truly reimbursed, you would have to demonstrate um, this is exactly what it cost. This is what the box cost. This is what the shipping cost. And that's such a fluid concept because, you know, could you charge them for the cost of the electricity that it took to keep the lights on in the room? That's where it starts. Stuff like that starts to get dicey. How do you really calculate the exact cost of that donation, leaving off the table what this is we're talking about, just in terms of the sheer numbers of this. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see um, what what the FBI comes up with. The FBI is busy these days, yes. folks. Yes, they got a lot going on. They got a lot going on. You know, Russia. Russia, the uh, the whole harvesting, allegedly harvesting baby parts. Those are just a couple. Yikes. <laughs> oh, to be in work for the FBI. Yes, yes. Can you imagine? Oh, I bet James Comey has some stories. I'm looking forward to his book, by the way. James Comey, I bet, is glad he got yeah. the heck out of there, yeah. whatever happened with him. I'm really looking forward to his book, by the way. He's on Twitter now. He is on Twitter, yeah. at Comey. He, he kind of revealed himself. He was on Twitter under a pseudonym for a long time, and somebody the outed him. The ultimate troll. Somebody outed him. I think it was Gawker. Figured out who it was based on like an Instagram post that his son did Wait, or something. Gawker? I think so. Back before they went out of business. Oh, uh, okay. Um, this was a while ago. They outed him. They outed this random Twitter account as James Comey. And I think it had something to do with like something his son posted on Instagram. Like it was majorly like creepy. I'm amazed they pulled it off kind of work. But then he essentially came out and was like, yeah, this is me. And he changed his handle to Comey. If you just tweets now, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward. His book, I believe, comes out in April. I'm really that's one I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, what is it called? Oh, I forget. You're Google supposed it. to know this. Come I'm on. supposed to know off the top. I shouldn't have brought it up without knowing. Yeah. 
It is yeah, called... Yeah, I am so reading that book, though. Oh, yeah. A Higher Loyalty is what it's called. That is going to be lit, as the kids say. Interesting title, considering how all those reports suggest that Trump asked Comey for his loyalty. Yes, yes. Comey has a higher loyalty. Yes. Hmm. You Fascinating. Think, you think Trump will read that book? Um. Does he read? I don't know that Trump... Does he read? I don't think he has time he to watches read. the show he watches the show right. i mean i don't know that he has time to read considering he watches like three hours of fox and friends every morning but i don't know we'll have to see mm. i'm sure he'll tweet about it though even if he hasn't read it maybe fox and friends will uh, like drop some quotes from the book and uh, then he'll tweet about yes. it yes that's that's what's going to happen and then he'll, since he's dropping quotes from the book, people think that he read the book, but he really didn't. He was just watching Fox and Friends, who was talking about the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's my prediction. I think that's a good prediction. I'm going to second that. You should. My predictions <laughs> are usually good. You want to make a Roy Moore prediction? Um. I don't know that I have one. I'm, I'm genuinely so amazed by all of these developments that I don't know if I'm going to be able to call this one. What's going to happen? I'm going to make a prediction. Uh -huh. It's a disturbing one, uh -huh. but I'm going to make one. And I think he'll win. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad prediction. Like, I think that might actually... I, because I, I, I think people are so... First of all, the Washington Post for a lot of people in the very, very deep red state of Alabama, the Washington Post does not have a good name in their minds. Secondly, all of this talk about, you know, Republicans in Washington now withdrawing their support and all this funding being withdrawn from, from Roy Moore's campaign, I think it's only going to empower people who supported Roy Moore in the first place. So my prediction, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I think he would win. And that's going to set up really the ultimate showdown in Washington for when he goes to the Senate and is sworn in. What will other senators who did not support him, what will they do? Will they vote to expel him? Um, for uh, This would be the 16th time in the Senate's history that a senator would be expelled? Um, or will they let him serve out his term as the people voted or may vote him to do? Fascinating question. Yes, it, it will be fascinating to see. The other interesting aspect of all of this is this is a special election which is taking place in December. So it... In Merry terms, Christmas. Yeah, in terms of, you know, a general election oh, tends to, to bring that? up... You can say Happy that. holidays! You can say Merry Christmas on this show. It's okay. Um, in terms of a general election, that tends to bring out more casual voters, maybe people who aren't as engaged in the process, whereas a special election tends to bring out a lot of activists. You know, you, you don't necessarily have people casually show up to vote in these elections. So you have people who are maybe like more dead set on their choice, so the question, too, which might influence this in right. his direction as well. So, so the question is, are... Are there are the activists more on Roy Moore's side, or are the activists more 
are the more <laughs> uh, are more activists on the opposite side. In Alabama, it's mm. it's interesting. Now that, like I was saying, that poll, that decision desk poll that came out um, just the day after this broke. So they literally conducted this poll overnight. Um, already had him at 46-46 with his opponent. So I, and again, I haven't seen a poll since then. So now that these allegations have had time to kind of sink in and marinate, um, it will be interesting to see how those numbers, if those numbers move at all. We'll follow it. Yep. We will keep you updated. Now, John, there was a story you wanted to address? Yes. So I read where in California, there was a, in Malibu, California to be exact, uh, there was a United Methodist Church that for several years has been feeding the homeless population on a weekly basis. And so CBS News, CBS in Los Angeles uh, reported this um, and I, I wrote about it as well for Red State. Um, but they, they would serve about 100 people um, on Wednesdays every week since 2014. And now, after... I gotta hate autoplay ads. <laughs> now, after Thanksgiving, they will no longer do so. Why? Because the city of Malibu asked them to stop. That it only increases the homeless population in Malibu. Giving free food increases the homeless population. That's, that's amazing. I mean, here you have a group of people who are taking an initiative to try to make their community a better place, to try to serve the less fortunate, and you have them shut down because... Don Randall, this is from the CBS News report, Don Randall, who works with the United Methodist Church, says, quote, very succinctly, they, meaning the city, claimed we are increasing homelessness, end quote. That's amazing. I mean, there's there's just no rationale for that. I mean, you essentially have a city telling them that helping the homeless creates more homelessness. More homeless. Now, wouldn't it be in the city's best interest for some private groups to come in and you would think help that would with save certain situations them money by not saves them money. Yeah. People are fed. That's a win-win yeah. for everyone. But apparently, uh, these poor little churches can't be trusted to help the homeless without creating more homeless, is what the city has essentially told them. That's amazing in America. I mean, it's Malibu, but still. Malibu is America? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, Californians. <laughs> we love you. Don't fall off on the ocean. <laughs> That's that's it's really incredible. It really is. It it that's... you know it it makes me it makes me think about how you know how conservatives will argue that well the easier you make it to get food stamps the more people who are going to be on food stamps 
that's what my mind goes to. Do you think that is a fair comparison? I, I don't think that's a fair comparison because in terms of what... To, to take them at the quote to say that it contributes to homeless, homelessness, mm-hmm. you would essentially have to have people who are just like becoming homeless to take advantage of this program. That doesn't make any sense. Hey, I'm going to be homeless. Right. I mean, like, I'll get okay free food. because this church will feed me. That doesn't make any sense. Once Whereas, a week. like, any kind of big government system is going to have nefarious people who abuse it. True. Um, but this is such a small case, I just don't see how that's applicable here. I agree. I do agree because... But, I mean, I, under- I understand the point you raised, and I think that would probably be... That was just immediately what my mind... The best explanation, yeah. if there was an explanation, but... I, I don't see how that would. Yeah, yeah. I was I was bouncing that back and forth in my head because I, I was debating on whether that was a, a a fair comparison, and I was leaning toward it not being. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you uh, that it's not. Has the city said anything publicly about this? Are they quoted in the report at all? Uh, they're not quoted in the report. The uh, Be interesting. Like I said, the, the get someone to talk about it. Yeah, the. Um, the United Methodist church worker just said very succinctly, they claimed we are increasing home- homelessness. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Let's go to this Kaepernick thing. Yeah, yeah. So this- GQ magazine has named its Citizen of the Year. Now, I could name off the top of my head multiple people who would be wonderful citizens of the year. Kate Scanlon, not. <laughs> um, maybe Billy Hallowell, no. Definitely not. No. Definitely not. Michael Pelka? Maybe, but no. Michael Pelka, no. <laughs> Close, Mike could no be cigar. in the running. Yeah, Mike, Mike could be a finalist, maybe. Okay. Mike, we love you. <laughs> we do. We don't love Billy, though. No. <laughs> Go away, Billy. <sighs> yeah, but no, in all honesty, I could name a whole bunch of people who would make such much better citizens of the year than Colin Kaepernick. And yet, GQ magazine says Colin Kaepernick is citizen of the year. This is, this is the guy who knelt for the national anthem. Now, I am of the mindset that he has every right to kneel for the national anthem if he wants to. It's a free country. He can do that. I wouldn't do it. I would never do that. But at the same time, I'm not black, in case you haven't noticed. And I can. I have never had those experiences that he has. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you can't kneel during the national anthem as a form of protest. What I haven't experienced, what he may have experienced. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. I personally find um, kneeling during the national anthem. I I personally find that distasteful, and I think it's I do as well. Not a compelling way to make legitimate arguments. Um, but I also found it very distasteful that the White House said that people doing that should lose their jobs. I because I didn't I think that was the White House's role. So I kind of was. Um, opposed to both of those things um and but and then the other thing about colin kaepernick is i thought there were maybe ways he could have gone about it 
more efficiently than he did. Um, and then there are ways maybe you could have been, you could have channeled some of this legitimate energy into more productive avenues than making an issue of the national anthem, if that makes sense. Um, that does make sense. I thank you. Good I job, Kate. I try. Thank you. Um, so it's really interesting that, that GQ chose him. Was there any kind of explanation as to their rationale? Oh, you wanted me to, like, dig into this? I mean, I, I was under the impression that you, like, read this since you brought it up, but it's fine if you didn't. No, I, I just thought it was a good talking point. <laughs> um, so here, here was my thing. I want all of you out there who are, who are listening to tweet us, let us know on social media, Facebook, whatever you use. Let us know who you think should be the citizen of the year. That's actually why I chose to do this. That's story. a good idea. Maybe we'll do like a JK podcast citizen of the year. We can like round oh, out that's a good idea. the last episode we taped this yeah. year with like our citizen of the year. You get a prize be, too. It won't be Billy Hollowell. You, I can make you that guarantee. You could get a, we could, we right could offer now. a prize. That's a good idea. And it could be like something with our faces on it. That might be a little creepy. Maybe something with our logo on it. I think our faces would be better. <laughs> we'll, we'll hash this out. But we'll have a JK podcast citizen of the year. Um, and it won't be Billy Hollowell. So it'll automatically be better. And we'll try to get that <laughs> citizen of the year on, on the, the show, show. Even better. To even talk. better. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have stuck with us this long, we God really bless appreciate you. it. Yes. God Absolutely. bless you. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this very, very first episode of the JK podcast with John and Kate. Um, we would love it if you found us on social media and told us what you think about the show. We're on Twitter. Our handle is J and K podcast. And um, we're also on Facebook at the same place. Yes, same we are. Handle. And um, you can follow us individually. Yes, you can. Kate, your Twitter handle is what? I am on Twitter and Facebook at KG Scanlon. And I am on Twitter at John Street. And I am on Facebook, John Street DC. And we'd love to hear from you about the show. Thanks so much for listening and hope to have you back with us in the future. Bye.